We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 to start off again. Matthew chapter 6. And um, the, the message today is uh, intended to be more of a practical teaching message. Um, and it's going to be on, on prayer, on the right way to pray. So we're going to look at um, Matthew chapter 6 here and um, also a couple other passages and some specific instructions that Christ gives on prayer, regarding prayer. And I um, hope here to, uh, uh, to, uh, to teach us a, a few things, you know, just one of the basic instructions that Christ gives here about prayer and, um, and then also the importance of prayer. And I, I, I hope that as we go through this, as, we, as you realize what, what, what Christ is teaching here on prayer, that you will see with me the, the utmost importance of prayer and, and the need for it, the, the, its absolute necessity, as we see some of its purpose here. And um, so let me go ahead and read, start actually in verse number 1. I'm going to read down through verse 15. It says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest, thine, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men your tres- their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to look into your word once again. Thank you for the treasure that your word is. And Lord, just so much in there that you give us uh, for instructions and guidance. And we pray that you would help us as we look now on the subject of prayer. Pray that you would help me to say only what you'd have me to say. Open our hearts and our minds. Help us to, uh, to just to look at this carefully and to seek how to apply it to our lives. And we pray that you bless uh, the, the Union Church going on the other building and just the rest of the services today. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So um, what brought this to mind as I was preparing for this Sunday's uh, message was uh, um, Brother Jordan, when he preached on, on Wednesday... And I'd already been thinking about this topic, and then I thought, well, this kind of ties in. He preached something that Jared also had preached a while ago, and Brother Jerry mentioned. He's talking about 
the commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And I, I couldn't help but keep thinking about uh, the verse we read in verse 9, where Christ says, you know, after this our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so that's been in my mind for a while thinking about it. And so um, I'd already been thinking about this topic, and I thought, well, that, that, this, we could tie this in here with what we've heard recently. So I uh, wanted, to, wanted to look at this passage here. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the sermon, uh, the whole sermon, in one sentence here. And, uh, and then we'll develop it. But, uh, so the right way to pray is to pray in secret and not to be seen again, to pray without vain repetitions, to pray according to the pattern given by Christ here, and to pray without living a hypocritical life. There's the whole sermon right there in one sentence. Now we're going to develop those a little bit. And um, so in the context here, this is, of course, in the middle of Christ's Sermon in the Mount. And um, the verses preceding, four verses preceding the passage on prayer, talk about uh, giving money and how it should be done in secret and how God rewards giving done in secret. It's not to be done to be seen of men. And, you know, that they, 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 those who um, do these deeds openly, they have their reward. The only reward they have is the glory of men at, the, at that moment. And that, that's all they get. And then uh, the rest of the chapter after this passage on prayer is teaching about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and not to lay treasures on earth. And, uh, but this, the verses here, 5 through 15, is what we're going to focus on and uh, the, uh, how Christ teaches us to pray. So first, verses 5 and 6, Christ teaches us to be pray to pray in secret and not to be seen of men. It says, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. The hypocrites, they pray in open, in a big show, to be seen of men. And uh, they do the same thing when they give money, when they fast. Fasting is also uh, mentioned here. And um, they, they, this, this will not be rewarded by God. The reward they, they get is simply the glory they receive from men at that moment. Uh, prayer is not about show. It's not about, uh, it's not about men. It's not about men. It's about, as we'll see as we get in, this is about our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with God. We are to pray in secret. We're to go into our closet and shut the door, uh, as Christ teaches us here. He says, prayer is not meant to be seen or heard of men. You know, our, 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 our private prayer. There are times, of course, where we pray in public. I just did a couple minutes ago. And, um, but uh, um, but the, the, the purpose of that should not be, I should not be praying just so I can show off my spirituality and my relationship with the Lord. That's not the purpose of that. If I do that, that's... That prayer doesn't doesn't mean anything. Um, it, prayer, our, our our prayer life, or our daily prayer time, is meant between to be between us and the Lord. It is an opportunity to spend time by yourself with the Lord and to develop that relationship. Our prayer time is a time to develop our relationship with our heavenly Father. And as we'll see in the following verses, that is the focus of prayer. And um, you know, if I want to develop my relationship with my wife. Uh, I'm going to take her away from the kids, you know, go out to eat. We're going to spend some time alone, and we're, you know, we're going to work on our relationship, and we're going to do it alone. Or if I want to develop my relationship with one of my kids, maybe I'm going to take them off alone. We'll go do something, and we'll do that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's typically what, how you do just person to person when you want to develop a relationship. Same thing with the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. That's what our prayer time is meant for. Get alone with the Lord. 
and, and to, to have that time with him. And um, it is important to, have, to do that on a, on a regular basis, um, daily, is, at least daily is, is best. And um, to have that time where you spend, spend with the Lord, uh, usually, uh, you know, in, in, accompanied by the reading of God's Word, our devotion time in the morning, or, or whatever it may be for you, um, but, uh, but to have a time of prayer with the Lord in secret on our own, a time to get away, get away from, the, uh, from, from others. Um, that can be hard sometimes when you have a lot of people in your house. And, um, you know, you, you try to get away from everyone, have time, time to pray. But it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's worth making extra effort for. It's worth getting up a little extra early before everyone else so you can have some time alone or finding time somewhere. It's necessary. It's needed. This is how we are, we are commanded to pray alone, where we can focus on our prayer time and, uh, and do it in secret. And the Bible says that, you know, thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Your, your prayers will be answered, you know, will be openly, <laughs> rewarded openly through that when you take time to, 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 to pray with the Lord in secret. Um, pray without vain repetitions, verse 7 through 8. It says, but pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, so not only do we pray in secret, pray without vain repetitions, our prayers are to be from the heart, focused and sincere, um, not, not, not just repeating the same thing over and over and every day. It is to be real, it is to be sincere. You know, um, as we're going to look at, of course, here in the next few verses, the pattern of prayer that Christ gives, but this is not, this is not a prayer that is meant to be repeated uh, just, just these same words over and over again. Uh, our prayer is not to be with vain repetitions. We are to be on guard against this. Now, um, when I pray, I don't have, you know, set, written out prayers that I repeat or whatnot, but I have at times found myself falling into this trap of vain repetitions. Just going through the motions. Like, okay, it's my time to get up, read my Bible, pray. So I do it. I do what I'm supposed to do. But um, it doesn't really mean anything to me. It's just I find I'm just going through the motions just because that's what I'm supposed to do. I believe we can categorize that under vain repetitions. And that's something we need to guard for, guard, watch out for. Christ does not want us to do that. Um, how, how is your prayer time right now? Is this, is this something that is real, that is focused, that is sincere? Every day, um, and uh, and as we develop our relationship with God, you know, and we'll see if we're following the Lord's pattern for prayer, and we have the right purpose and motive behind our prayer, then that that right there is a guard against falling into this trap. When you realize that prayer is spending time with the Lord, developing a relationship with my heavenly Father, and it's not just it's not just you know um, going to God with my with my uh, list of of needs, you know, my list of requests. You should have I have a prayer list, another wrong prayer list. But it's not just, okay, let me read this list off. God please give me all these things and okay I'm done. But no, it's communicating with God. It's it's talking with God. It's developing that relationship with God. And what we have here in Matthew chapter six, Christ gives us 
step-by-step instructions on how to do that, how to pray. And so just getting in the right mindset first, so, you know, to be in secret, not something that is from our heart. And, um, you know, uh, in verse uh, verse uh, 8, it says, Be not therefore like unto, unto them as the heathen. You know, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So, um, now, the Bible does, does, uh, does teach us about importunity, 11. In Luke 18, give a, Christ gives parables about. In Luke 18, gives a parable about the the woman who went before the judge, and he's and she's begging over and over and over again, and the judge just got so annoyed, gave into her request, and Christ uses that as an illustration how we are to pray. So, you know, when we have a need, this isn't teaching. Okay, just pray for that once and then don't repeat it. It's not teaching against repetition in prayer, just against vain repetition in prayer. So if you have a burden and you have a need, have opportunity to continue to pray with that. Pray for that until the need is fulfilled. You know, but if it's just falling into just a vain thing you repeat every day, that's, that, that's what we want to fight against. But if it's with the heart and, and, and it's a need, you know, keep praying for that for sure. Um, but uh, so uh, praying with, with our heart, praying uh, in secret, and then now to get into the, the pattern for prayer here. And this will be the bulk of the message here we'll spend our time at. And I want to go through this and um, just, just look at each one in detail. And, uh, and this is something that, um, uh, you know, uh, we'll look at some scripture and see how to develop each one of these parts of verses 9. Through uh, through thirteen and see what each of these what each of these parts of this prayer is talking about. Now this this is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, um, but the Lord is not actually praying here. He's just teaching us uh, how to pray. He's giving us a pattern for prayer. Uh, John chapter seventeen would be more appropriately called the Lord's Prayer. That chapter is actually the Lord praying, and that is an incredible chapter um, to study out. But um, this is not meant to be prayed with these exact words over and over again. Christ just said, don't use vain repetition a couple of verses before. But this is a pattern which we are to follow when we pray. This is something extremely practical for me. It's something that um, my dad took time to teach me. I don't remember when it was initially, if it was through a message or in family devotions. I want to see those family devotions probably. But a you know, long time ago. I was a little kid. Um, but it went through and taught us, here's a pattern of prayer. And this, I mean, it's, it's this, this, me every single day, like just following this pattern. This is how Christ wants us to pray, and I think this is a really good place to start and to, I mean, to continue and to follow in this prayer. Especially maybe, maybe you're a new believer, maybe, maybe you're not even saved for years. And but this is this is what um, this is how Christ wants us to pray. So starting off, uh, in verse nine it says, "After this man, therefore pray ye." First of all, it's a command. He says, "Pray ye." Do this. Uh, Say, so "Our Father." which art in heaven. So let's look at that first one. Our Father, which art in heaven. And I love how Christ starts this off. You know, Christ places at the very forefront of this pattern of prayer the primary importance of the recognition of our spiritual relationship to God. The first thing mentioned is talking about our relationship with God. Our Father. Our Father. And uh, so that's how it starts. That is what the first thing we are to think about when you're praying, when you go to God to prayer. Is Father. God is our Father. And of course, um, in, order, in order for this to apply, 
you know, that father-child relationship with God is necessary. You first must be a child of God. You first must be a Christian, must be a believer. You must have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And uh, we are not all... Uh, we are not all God's children. <laughs> the Bible says that, in, you know, First John chapter three talks about, you know, behold, the man of love, the Father, still not us that we should become the sons of God. Um, Christ Himself talked about there are those who are the children of His Father and the children of the devil. How you become a child of God is by placing your faith in Christ alone for salvation from your sin. And we will we will visit that again here in a few minutes, but. Um, but this is all about our relationship with God. That is the most important thing in life. So first, put in mind, when you're going to God in prayer, our Father, which art in heaven. First, God is my Father. and My relationship with Him, this is the first thing I focus on when I'm praying. And um, it, it's... it's um, it, think I, so it, this is usually, like, just me personally... You know, something that will cause me to thank God and praise God for the you know many wonderful things that are associated with that to put me in the right mindset for prayer. You know, as God being my Father, you know I have salvation through that. I have provision, protection, uh, security, eternal security, just so much as as, as um, you know, Father. And again, He wants us to address Him as our Father. He's not. He's not. He's not our. Not, he doesn't say our friend. You know, He's not our buddy. It doesn't say our bank teller, you know, we're not going to him just to withdraw some, you know, some prayer requests, some blessings and all that. You know, it's, it's our father. Um, and it is amazing that he would, you know, it doesn't say, doesn't he, it doesn't even tell us to address God as, as, as master or Lord or creator or king or God. And those are all good things to, to acknowledge. And, and we'll see in the next, next part of the prayer, you should go through that. But the first thing is our father. And think about the love that God has to us, and He wants us to go to Him as our Father. Even though He could say, you know, well, I want you to think of me as your judge, you know, as your sovereign king. Which, He does want us to think of Him that way. But as in our prayer time, our personal relationship with God, the forefront of our mind should be as God is my Father. God is my Father. Our Father. So focusing first on our relationship with God. Thanking Him that He is our Father. And dwelling on that first, um, thinking about uh, our relationship with God, where is that at? Am I am I in a good place in, in my relationship with my Father? Have I have I have I done some sin against Him that's going to hinder this prayer time? You know, my my little kids do something wrong that I don't know about. Usually, they're not. When I get home from work or something, they're not coming up all excited to have a great chat with me. Usually they're hiding somewhere or they're waiting in their room because their mom sent them there or something, you know. But, um, but when everything's fine and they've been great and they want to tell me what they've done throughout their day and they've had a great day, when I get home from work, there they are, you know, they're running up and they hey, here's what we did, you know, we have a great chat. It's a good relationship. And so when you go to your father, God, how, how are you approaching him? Do you have something there that's hindering that relationship Something you need to get taken care of, you need to confess and repent of, and uh, or, or or is it something that you think about how something special that that God has done for you recently in that day that you can just tell God about and think to Him about? And I think it's a very good practice when you're praying to the Lord, again, not just to make it all about requests and answers, but just to talk to God. Um, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with just spending a few minutes to tell him about your day and about what went on. Just like it would if you were a little kid going to your daddy and telling him about what happened, what went on. And uh, I think that will help develop your relationship with God. And uh, so think about that first. Our Father, and not just our Father, but it says, Our Father, which art in heaven. And it is amazing that the God of heaven is our Father. You know, I, I often try to think about that as I go through this. My Father, which art in heaven. It's like, wow. I am praying to my Father, but He's, he's the King of heaven. He's the God of heaven, you know. And I can address Him as my Father. That is amazing. And put that, put that in mind. You know, He is the Lord of heaven. He sits on the throne of heaven as the sovereign King of the universe. And when I think of that, often um, passages such as Isaiah chapter 6 or Revelation chapter 4 will come to mind. Visions of the throne room of God. And God high and lifted up on his throne. And you've got the seraphims, you know, crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, in, you know, the imagery that it gives of that incredible throne room. You know, that's, I try to, you know, put that in mind. Wow, that's, that's who my Father is. That's who I'm praying to. The Father which art in heaven. And, of course, you know, being, he's, he, he's almighty. He is all powerful. He is our God in heaven. But he wants us to view him first as our Father. God is loving and merciful. Wants us to come to him as his children. Okay, next, uh, hallowed be thy name. In the verse 9 there, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the one that, uh, in particular, I've been thinking about from Jerry's message. Um, but so the, the first couple parts of this pattern, you know, teach us of giving thanks to God and worshiping God by glorifying him with our mouth. You know, I believe these parts here, um, we are to worship the Lord in our prayer time. I believe there is, uh, there is tremendous value in verbally worshiping, glorifying God with your words, exalting Him. Just call, you know, one thing I, that, is, that can be a way to do that is thinking of His names, His many names in Scripture, and praising Him for His names, just calling Him, you know, the various names that God gives for Himself in Scripture and using that and going through the Bible with that. Um, and, uh, but this is the part where we, we glorify God with our lips. The hallowed uh, means reverenced or treated as sacred. You know, it's holy. Very similar word there. Holy. God's name is to be hallowed. Um, and there, I think there's different ways where it is. Um, this is one, one, I think we should do this verbally in our prayer time. You know, think about the holiness of God. And just praise God for His holiness and His majesty and, and who He is and what He has done. And uh, literally bow down before God and worship Him. That, that's, that's a very humbling experience. And it's something that will put you in the right mindset as you pray and as you go throughout your day. Humble yourselves and exalt God. One thing that I like to, that I like to pray as we, uh, when I get to this point is that God would help me to hollow His name in the way I live. Just like Brother Jerry has pre- preached about, you know, I want to hollow God's name. How I live both in private and in public. You know, privately, I want to, you know, I'm I am a child of God. I want His holy name to be hollowed by the way I live, by what I do, privately and publicly by others. I want others to be able to know that I take God's name very seriously, and and, and just that I am a Christian, and that, and I try to live. A holy life, you know, and that's a serious thing. And um, I think that's where we can... I think that's what the emphasis is of this part of prayer here. Hallowed be thy name. 
Taking a few minutes each day to lift up God's name in our prayer time. God's name is dragged through the mud in our culture today. And you can take this part, this pattern of, this, of Christ's teaching and prayer, and you can have you know, a few minutes, a few seconds, a couple minutes, you know, whatever time you have each day, where you take time to bow down before God and just exalt His name to Him. Because the world around us does the opposite all day long, constantly. So I like to think of that like, wow, I get the opportunity to just exalt God's name here before His throne and, and do that to Him. Okay, so um, moving along here. So our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Okay, what is this talking about? What is this telling us to pray here? Um, so an aspect of God's kingdom is, is salvation, souls being saved. Um, let me read you John 3, verse 5. A couple of verses here. Um, John chapter 3, verse 5. This is in the middle of Christ's conversation to Nicodemus. Uh, let's see. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Salvation is necessary to be part of the kingdom of God. Um, Luke 17, Matthew 13, John 18, they all indicate that the um, kingdom of God is, is a spiritual thing now. Uh, there is a coming physical kingdom of God, of course, after the Lord's return. He will establish His kingdom on this earth. And we all very much look forward for that day and pray for that day to come. But the kingdom of God is also a spiritual thing now that is entered into through salvation. And so I see this here, praying thy kingdom come, as an opportunity to pray for the expansion of God's kingdom within the hearts of those who are saved. Pray for souls to be saved, put it in a nutshell. Pray. This is the part where you pray for the salvation of others. That's how the kingdom of God grows, as it were, comes now. I pray the kingdom of God will come to those who are lost through salvation. Pray for, pray for the salvation of souls. We're commanded in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-4, through 4, for the lost to be saved. Um, other passages as well. Now, I do believe, I will say this, um, the Bible does explicitly command us to pray for the lost to be saved, you know, 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. through 4. Um, But I think a, a big part of praying for the lost to be saved is praying for Christians, praying for yourself and other believers to be a good witness. Um, I would almost say that's, that would be more the emphasis of Scripture. Um, but we do have, the, of course, the explicit command. Pray for the lost to be saved. We should do that, absolutely. I, um, please do that. Your family, your friends, your coworkers, those you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we all have specific people that we want to see come to the Lord, and we pray every day for those people to be saved. But take the time to pray for yourself to be the witness that you should, and for others, for Christians to be the light and the salt of the earth that, that they should. That will result in people coming to know the Lord. That will result in, in more people being saved. Pray for opportunities to witness. Um, Matthew 9.38 commands us to pray for laborers to the harvest. Pray that God will send forth laborers to the harvest. And um, pray for, uh, praying for souls to be saved in this, this category. As, uh, so, um, so we've gone through three. Our Father, which art in heaven, first addressing God as our Father. Think about relationship with Him. 
be thy name, exalting God's name, thinking about his, you know, his holiness and, 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 and how that applies. And thy kingdom come, praying for the lost to be saved and for Christians to be a faithful witness, to be a good witness. And, um, and then uh, next, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying for God's will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. And this is where we submit ourselves to God's control, asking for God's will to be done, you know, in our own lives on earth as it is in heaven. And this is, this is associated, I think, with the, um, the first one says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. The Bible says it's God's, it's, you know, it's God's will for all men to come to repentance. Um, and so we should pray to that end and, uh, and, and seek that end. But uh, praying for God's will to be done, submitting ourselves to God's will. There's, there's value. There's value in just taking a moment during your prayer time to go before God and say, Lord, I just submit myself to you today. You know, please help me. Help me to fight the flesh. Help, help prevent the devil from, you know, uh, help me to put on my spiritual armor so that I may, that I may uh, be protected against, you know, the fiery darts of the devil. And help me just to submit to you today, you know, and uh, so praying for God's will to be done. And, um, you know, I, personally, I like to pray, for, you know, for myself, for my, for my family, you know, my church, um, you know, different aspects of my life that God's will would be done, and um, pray that that I wouldn't be a hindrance to those things, as uh, as, as can certainly happen. And uh, so, thy, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in verse eleven, give us this day our daily bread. This is where we ask for God's provision of our needs, daily provision of our needs. And uh, so um, God does want us, and he he gives further teaching, especially, you know, in Luke chapter 11 and other places where he wants us to to go to him with our needs and ask for for our daily bread. And God knows what needs we have, and he wants us to pray for them. And uh, it's a good opportunity here to thank God for providing for your needs as he has, and then to, to pray for those needs that you are. We look to God as our Father for our provision. And of course, pray according to God's will. As James chapter 4 teaches us, um, you know, we, we, we don't pray for things that we, that we might just consume them upon our lust, but praying according to God's will. And we will, we will grow in that as, as, we, you know, as we, we, we can ask God to uh, help us to, to, to have the right desires, and we will pray for the right things to do that. Um, and then, uh, moving on to verse 12 here, it says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is the place to confess your sin and ask for God's forgiveness. And I, I believe this is a very important part. Um, I do find it interesting that this is not at the front. This is towards the end, actually. And, um, of course, the, when we're thinking about relation with our Father, often that's something that will come up is, okay, is there something there I need to take care of? But this is actually towards the end of the prayer. He talks about um, praying for forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins. And this is, you know, and I don't, I think, again, um, this is a very important, this is a very important part of, of our prayer to confess our sins before God. I think this is something that, that is needed, you know, to specifically, if there is a specific sin in your life that you're aware of, 
something. You need to confess that to God. Do more than just say, God, please forgive me of my sins and move on. Uh, you need to address things. If you, there's something in your life that you're that that is, is is an active sin, as it were, and you're not you haven't given it up before God, you need to ask God to help you with that. Take that opportunity to to confess that before God, repent of it, ask God to help you with that thing. God wants to help you. He wants you to go to Him, even with your sin, and say, God, I have this problem. Please help me, <laughs> and He will help you. Um, and uh, but ask, asking forgiveness for our debts, of course, as we forgive our debtors. And, uh, and we'll, we'll look at that, actually, in the last couple of verses, it addresses that a little bit more specifically. Of course, we must be forgiving as well, and realize how God has forgiven us, and, and extend that to others. Um, but the purpose of this is to keep our relationship with God right, not to keep anything with us between us and the Lord. And... Um, and then, uh, uh, second to last here, verse 13, says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So just look at that first part first. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And um, this is something that, I, um, that I, I, I'm glad, very glad that God put this here to, uh, to, to help us with against temptation. You know, ask God to keep you from sin. Ask for protection for sin. Um, ask God to keep you from temptation. Temptation is going to come. It's going to happen. And we have, God has given us, you know, Ephesians chapter 6, spiritual armor to guard against that. And the purpose of this message isn't, isn't to go through that, but I recommend looking at that, Ephesians chapter 6, and, um, and getting familiar with that passage and how we can put on the spiritual armor to protect us from, from temptation. But ask God to keep you from sin, for protection from the devil, from this world, from our own flesh. Ask God to help you against temptation. Like I said, don't be, don't be you know, embarrassed. We should be embarrassed and ashamed about our sin. We should be. But don't be afraid to take that to God because God is the solution. He's the one that can help you out of that. So go to God, confess your sins, ask forgiveness, and then ask his help. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Ask for God's protection for his deliverance. And lastly, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, just an excellent conclusion to the prayer here. Praising the Lord once again and, uh, and, and seeking to glorify God through this. So, you know, this is, this is true. When I look at this, I think, well... You know, uh, I should I should try to live like this is true because it is obviously. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Everything is God's. All glory belongs to Him. All the power belongs to Him. Everything is about God. So as you conclude prayer time, you know, thinking about uh, throughout your day, everything's about God. God deserves my everything. God has done so much for me. He's my Father in heaven. He provides for all my needs. He's forgiven me of all my debts. And you, your relationship has been restored with God through this time of prayer and, and built up a little bit and, and, and you're, you're, you're ready to go and thinking, you know, wow, God, he's overall. He's the omnipotent, all, almighty, all-knowing God. And he deserves all the glory and I'm going to live for him. I'm going to seek to glorify him and give him everything that I have. And so uh, concluding with that, with that thought at the end of the at the end of the prayer here. Now, going through this pattern of prayer, obviously you can see, 
you could spend a lot of time on this. I mean, you could spend a lot of time on this. <laughs> but it doesn't have to. Don't be afraid. Don't be like, okay, well, I don't have four hours to pray this morning, so let <laughs> me just run this. No, you can you use a condensed version, but I still recommend following this pattern of prayer. I really do. This is how Christ has taught us to pray. You don't have to spend, you know, 30 minutes on each little point. You know, there's times I may spend a minute or, or, or two on each little point, you know, <laughs> but there's times where I have time I can, I can think about it further and pray further. But following this pattern of prayer, this is how God wants us to pray. And then the last and final thought here, verse 14 or 15, is pray without living a hypocritical life. If you forgive, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men your trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Drawing out the principle here that um, that that we we shouldn't be hypocrites when we pray. You know, our lives have to have to be following what's right here. You know, obviously our prayers for for God's forgiveness are void if we do not forgive others. But God God intends our prayer life to be serious, and He intends our lives reflect it you know and this should this the result of having developing a godly prayer life will should develop having a you know a serious life and 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 serving god on the outside as well but um praying without living hypocrit- a hypocritical life so going through here again the pray is to pray in secret uh to follow the pattern that christ gave us here to pray without vain repetitions and to pray without living a hypocritical life. So just some practical instructions on how Christ teaches us to pray. And, um, and, uh, and so just something we can take with us and go here. And I want to mention this before we're done, uh, just the last couple of minutes here, of course, but this, uh, this is talking about God being our Father to prayer, and like I mentioned a few minutes ago, if, if this is something that you don't know that God is your Father, that is the most important thing. That's the first step right here. This thing is totally in vain if you don't have God as your Father. And the Bible says we don't all start off that way God is our Father. Because we all start off in sin. So I just want to if you I just want to take just a minute here and address that in case there is someone here that does not know Christ as their Father, in case you are still in sin. The Bible does tell us we have all sinned. We have all and and uh, one day we are going to stand before judgment that sin. We're all going to die. And as a point of man, once to die after this, the judgment. God is going to use His law to judge us for our sins. And we have all broken His law. We can go through each one. We can go through each commandment. You know, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. Thou honor thy father and thy mother. You pick one. Look at them all. You can see where we have broken them. We are going to stand before a holy and righteous God one day in judgment. And we're going to be guilty of breaking His law. And God is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He cannot go against His own nature. He cannot go against justice. He must, he must deliver justice uh, at His judgment seat. And if we stand before God in our sinful state, we will be judged. And the penalty for the judge is an eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. And the Bible details this out. I'm not just pulling stuff out of thin air. This is all, I could give you dozens and dozens of scripture to back all this up. Um, God, God, God will judge sin, and we are in our sin guilty before God. But God is also love. That is why we have the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He's, he's a, he, he is God in the flesh who came down to take that penalty of death for us, the penalty that we deserve for our sin. Christ lived a perfect life 
without sin, completely fulfilled the law of God. But he came not just to live that perfect life, but to die, to die in our place. And he did do that. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross. He went to the cross. He was nailed on the cross. And Christ, God took our sin, placed it upon him, and judged him in our place. And he died. He paid for our sin. He fulfilled the justice of God by taking the, the just penalty of our sin and paying that for us. And he also fulfilled the love of God in that way. Because the reason why he did that was so he could give us his righteousness. And the Bible says that that comes through repentance and faith. If we repent of our sins, if we repent on anything we are believing on, you know, that's not Jesus Christ for salvation, and place our faith only in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, the Bible says that he will save us. He will apply his righteousness to us and remove our sins so that when we die and stand before God, we will have the righteousness of Christ. And that is salvation. That's how we become uh, in God our Father. So if that's something that, that you have not yet addressed in your life, please uh, talk with someone about that today. But with that, I'm going to conclude the message and give it to Brother Jerry.